welcome to the podcast, Throwing Up Rainbows. Good girl, dirty secret. I invite you in to get lost in story. You are welcome here with my dirty little secrets. You're welcome here exactly as you are, in all your brilliant, beautiful, fucked upness, as you shine and as you crawl towards the light. In today's episode, I'm going to share the extra secret conversations I had with my parents, including the questions they most wanted to ask me about my eating disorder. Then we'll wrap up with one important thing I learned while interviewing my parents. Let's dive in. Why did it happen? Why did it happen? That's a great question. Um, eating disorders are a little complex monsters. No, why did it happen for you? Yeah, I know. I'm getting to that. So they're complex monsters, so it's not just one thing. But you're right about the control. Um, it was something that I could control. My assumption and my knowledge going through it is that, yes, there was modeling, there was media. I wanted to be a runway model when I was younger. I did think, I think that was very astute to point out that I didn't actually know that both of you guys knew that. You know, mom and you both pointed out that. But I wanted to be a runway model when I was younger. I, I you know, thought that thin and pretty and this and that equaled successful and equaled all of these things. Um, that was that external side of it, but the internal side was some parts of our family dynamic. Was it not having, being too enmeshed as a family, not having my own sense of self, um, not having boundaries, meaning to be able to say yes or no to things, not just spatial boundaries, like emotional boundaries, to be able to say yes and no, to be able to stand up for myself, to be able to say, I don't feel like talking about that and having that be respected, to be able to to be able to have my sense of self in the world and have me feel like I was personally protected Can in the world by myself. Then? Sure. And that is my fault. A lot of that is my fault. It's well, wait, not, fault. I know. We're not okay. throwing fault here. All right. <laughs> but I, be- I, I understand 100% what you're saying there, Kristen. And by being a dominant personality as mom and me uh, both, I can see 100% and I known that, and that's what I try to back off from now. Yeah. If you've noticed. Yes, I do. In my older years. And I'm also very different now in relationship oh, to both are. of you guys. <laughs> you are, but I mean, it's like, I I find that to be one of the main things. Yeah. So that the enmeshment in the family, which you know what enmeshment is, right? Mm-hmm. That little like conglomerate oh, little yeah. ball. Yeah. Enmeshment. Um, boundaries, definitely. And then also, I shared this with uh, mom earlier, was the inability to hold space in the family for negative dark feelings. So for example, when I was younger, because you guys think the world of me, if I was sad or if I was angry, if I I was whatever, it wasn't like, you notice I do with tequila, you know, or kids in general, like if they're sad, I'm like, you can be sad, it's okay to be sad. We're gonna sit here and feel you're sad. You can cry, you can scream, Mm -hmm. you can do whatever I'm gonna be, it's okay. You're allowed to feel this. It's totally safe. You can do this. Like, mm-hmm. um, whereas in my experience, it was you're sad. Don't be sad. And then you tell me the hundred things why I shouldn't be sad and how fortunate I was and how blessed I was and how much I had and all this stuff. And that's also an '80s parenting philosophy. 
when I researched it um, to just tell your kids all these good things about themselves. Um, yep. Which, you know, everyone does the best they can, obviously. Like, I had a lot of love, and that was wonderful. My love was never in question. But those three things specifically, the enmeshment, the fact that I didn't have anything that I felt was mine totally that was mine and my eating disorder was mine so fuck all if you're going to take it away from me Mm -hmm. like fuck you um it was my control it was my thing that was totally mine that nobody else had um it was the you know being teased in high school not having boundaries to stand up for myself um not yeah basically not wanting people in my space and having social anxiety because i felt like they were um i was obligated like, I just had social anxiety. Like, I couldn't say no to things. I mean, like, to drugs and to sex. and Like, I could easily say no to that. But, like, people dynamics were hard for me to navigate. I didn't have a lot of experience with that and boundaries in that. And then people really listening and allowing you to feel your feelings, which wasn't present a lot in my childhood. So what I interpreted was I can't feel bad. I can't feel sad. I can't feel anger. I can't feel this because I'm disappointing my parents. Therefore, let's push down all of these negative emotions and let's just pretend to be perfect and happy all the time, which never works (laughs) for anything. But even when I was in Germany and I was really depressed and I was still in my eating disorder when I studied abroad, I remember um, my friend, when he came to visit, he was just like, I had no idea that you were depressed in Germany. You just smiled all the time. You seemed happy all the time. And it was. I've gotten really good at smiling all the time, even though I was suicidal a lot. Or, you know, like, not necessary, but, like, I didn't want to be here. So a lot of experience in pushing away the negative emotions instead of allowing myself to sit in them and to feel them. Because we, f- we think, or people in general, are scared to sit in the undesirable emotions. A lot of times they feel like, you know, I've, I've heard people say repeatedly, well, if I start crying, I'm never going to stop. And it's actually not true. Usually once you feel the emotion, actually sit just in the emotion, it dissipates pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And then it clears it from your somatic body. You know you know what I'm reading out of this? What? From me to you mm-hmm. is I was reflecting to you how you should feel from an adult perspective of my experiences of life. And, you know, you know, I didn't really realize that it was so intense to you in the sense of, you know, I was like, hey, be grateful what you got, man. Look around you. You know, it's like, you know, those, I've told you this, and I told you this all the time when you were younger. Thought I had it bad because I had no shoes till I saw a man man with no feet. feet. You know what I mean? And that was my whole intellect with growing up. You know, that was my my survival mode. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so I might have been throwing that on you guys you and Zach and maybe not being so I was I was dealing with it from an adult perspective of my past experiences you know of my struggles and, and gratefulness is wonderful yeah. gratefulness is wonderful and super vitally important and it's if it's not your reality at that moment I remember my therapist Lisa telling me you know like yeah people are whatever like starving in Africa or something right now and that's not your reality yeah exactly it's not relative yeah like I mean that is also true both points are true and valid but your reality is that in this moment you're terribly depressed or in this moment you're really sad and yeah whatever is true for you in this moment to actually feel it and be with it 
So back to my initial question then. Mm-hmm. Is that why? Um, those are three, three factors that terribly contributed to that. Absolutely. So um, going to therapy gets you over those three factors. Going to therapy taught me boundaries. Absolutely. It taught me to trust myself. It taught me about family dynamics and enmeshment and having my own sense of self. Um, yeah. Cause I would just shut down. I would just feel overwhelmed and shut down. But when you guys you, would talk at me or talk to me, I would just shut down. But didn't you always have your same self? Your your uh, your self. Yes, and because you you took control of yourself. Yes Hence and no. The I mean, the, yes, that, that that's an attempt. That's an attempt to to maintain your sense of self. Um, but there's, uh, I just lost the term for it. Um, it's where you branch off from your from your family unit, and you actually develop your own sense of self away and apart from your family dynamic apart from your family unit and I think it took me a long time you're like your own sense of autonomy and it took me I don't think I feel like I had that until my late 20s really because even still you know in my 20s you know in my marriage whatever I was still I had a lot of enmeshment dynamics with the family still and yeah differentiation that's what, what it's called what could we have done to change that um, I always absolutely, absolutely advocate for anyone, kid, a teen, adult, whatever, allowing somebody to be in their feelings. So if they say, I'm really terribly angry, mm-hmm. okay, you can be angry. You have a right, as, lo- as long as you're, you know, dealing with it in a healthy way, you're not going and punching the next person in the face, like, or doing something violent, you know, go and scream in your car. Fill up your tub with water. Go scream and scream and scream in your tub. Go go to the ocean. Scream in your pillow. Do EFT. Get massages. Do somatic work. Like feel these things in your body mm-hmm. so that they don't stay stuck in your body. Use your voice. A lot of eating disorders is about not having a voice. And I mean, you know, I wrote all the time, but I also rarely talked. You know, I didn't really talk that much to you or mom. I completely shut off from both of you. I didn't talk to anyone at school. I sat in the library in the locker room writing in my journal. I didn't really have friends. I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really, my journal was my best friend. Um, Are they helpful to you now? Yeah, I mean. Do you you look back at them? um, I don't really. I mean, now I easily could for a time when I was writing uh, my memoir on recovery and stuff it was it was difficult to look back because I still just felt like a piece of shit when I'd look back at my stuff I just was like what the fuck is wrong with me (laughs) um but now when I look back I have a lot of compassion for myself because I was doing the best I could yeah see there's nothing really wrong with you it's just you were going through things that people go through yeah I mean there was put a put a needle in your arm you know what I mean yeah well I mean worse is worse I mean everyone finds their own everyone finds their own sense of solace when they can't deal with external stimuli right and when they when they have trauma either big trauma or little trauma they find their own sense of escape and okay so nothing's better or worse you know people choose drugs for a reason people choose eating disorders for a reason it's just it's just their tool that they choose to escape right and numb out Okay. There's no so, better or worse. What I hear out of this is you're being very mature and not trying to blame anybody. And I don't that, blame. Oh no, that's there's what I'm there, there's a period of time in therapy where you blame people. No, I know that, but I I, I 
obviously you've worked through that. Yeah. Because you're more accepting I think that if you guys were shitty parents and if you abused me or if, you know, I mean, a lot of people that have had eating disorders were also sexually abused. I was not. So I feel like I was protected. I was loved. I absolutely knew that I was loved. Um, There is... Maybe too much. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely too much. (laughs) Why do you think I played games like Orphanage and Jungle where everyone was dead but Zach and I? I know. Seriously. (laughs) Um... No, def- I mean, definitely those were things that I think that if you are if you are loved and you are safe as a child, for the most part, you will be able to deal with things as an adult in a much better way because you have support systems in place. And that was something that when I went back to chat with the lady at the eating disorder hospital, she kind of was a little bit snarky about it. But she was sort of like, you know, well, you had a good education, you have parents that love you, and you have supports. And, but, and it, it felt a little condescending, but it really made me realize, yeah. I do like that's actually one of the reasons I was able to recover was because I have a family that actually loves me um you know that didn't totally fuck me up as a child you know like I wasn't beaten I wasn't raped I wasn't abused you know like I wasn't emotionally you know verbally abused whatever um I you know I was able to get an education I was able to you know have these support systems in place that for some people going through recovery whether it's drug addiction or eating disorders they don't have in place yeah they trashed people from an early age they're not trashed just well i mean they're damaged not, yeah yeah traumatized damaged whatever is a term yeah but it's not a nice term nobody's trashed i could have said they're full garbage people <laughs> whatever you know i know what you're saying i know what you're getting at yeah but no i don't I don't blame you guys. I mean, were there there were definitely skill sets that I loved that I learned in our family and skill sets that I did not get. Mm-hmm. And those were the ones that I had to fill in that were vital for my recovery. Hmm. Interesting. Well, there you go. <laughs> Set me free. <laughs> and now, let's hear from my mom. Do you think it had something to do with me or dad that you went through this? Um, Not on a personal level. Like, it's definitely absolutely not your fault. I have tremendous guilt. Tremendous guilt still. It still brings up a lot of emotion for me when I think about you bringing food to me every single day. And, like, thinking about you being at work and going across the street and getting mochi and getting manapua for me and bringing it after school. And I probably did throw up a lot of it. Um, And going to Baskin Robbins with you and all the hours we sat after school there. Um, And I can't remember, I don't think I can remember a single conversation that we had. Mm. And it makes me really guilty to this day and really sad that I missed out on so many moments of connecting with you because of my fucking eating disorder. And the only thing I could think about was the food I was eating, the food I was throwing up. Yeah. And also kind of hating you for making me eat. Mm. Like I had a lot of hatred and a lot of anger and rage for waking up in the morning and having a full breakfast a full smoothie that was probably a thousand calories, a full waffle. Mm. And I hated you for making me food Mm. because then I had to go and run it off at school because I wasn't going to not eat it because that's the way that you were showing me love. Yeah. 
but yeah, I had a lot. I have a lot of guilt still yeah, to this you know day what? about that. I so I definitely knew that you guys loved me. There are family dynamics that exist, such as some enmeshment, um, which is being really intertwined with your family. That's not super, super healthy. Um, there were things that I had to learn in therapy, like better boundaries. Um, and there's certain skill sets that our family was fucking phenomenal at. And I absolutely knew all the time that I was loved. My love was never in question. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also skill sets that I didn't get as well that I had to learn through therapy that were really fundamental for my recovery. Um, something that we could have done better to help you? Not, I mean, every parent does their best, obviously. You guys what was absolutely did their best. That Boundaries was a huge one for me. And don't feel guilty about that stuff. That was just a phase. You don't have to feel okay, guilty. Okay, I, w I won't feel guilty. <laughs> no, see, I'm telling you again. You're telling me not oh. to feel guilty again? <laughs> no, but don't carry that guilt with you Don't? Forever. Okay, okay, no. I won't. I won't do that. No, you know what I'm saying. I don't I want you to feel. I understand. Yeah, I don't but want you to feel. But it is feel. my feeling, and I still have remnants of guilt, and that's okay. So how okay. do I help you get through that? You don't. That's not your responsibility. Okay. Well, see, this is what I mean. I don't want someone to feel how do, how do sad I help you not be sad when you still talk about this and cry? You say nice things to me. You make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's what works for you. So, what did I learn from interviewing my parents? As I listened, it became evident that my parents didn't and still don't completely understand the role of a family system. A family is like a web, and one person doesn't just develop an eating disorder completely unrelated to the system. Everyone affects everything. So if your teen has an eating disorder, you're in it with them. Yet, I think there's still a mindset that the person with the eating disorder has this crazy problem that came from nowhere, and that it's solely their problem and they need to fix it so that they can get better. The problem with this is that not only does the kid feel signaled out as the problem, but it doesn't even consider the system that the kid came from. It reminds me of a quote I saw on Pinterest the other day by Alexander Den Heiger, which says, when a flower doesn't bloom, you fix the environment in which it grows, not the flower. There's no fault, finger pointing, or name calling in this game. It's simply about getting the best care for your child. And the best care is most likely in three parts. The first part could be family therapy for the entire family because there's something happening in your family system, no matter how much love or fantastic things are also present. The second part is individual therapy for the person with the eating disorder. And three, there's support for the parents, whether it's their own therapy or a support group where they can talk to other parents. Eating disorders can make everyone feel alone and powerless, but those are ways to take your power back as parents. You are doing something by getting your own support. I'm Zizo Colante, and this is Throwing Up Rainbows. Stay tuned for the next episode where we'll discuss this question. Do we all have eating disorders? Till then. This episode was written and produced by me, Zizo Colante, with audio production and scoring by Carlos Sepulveda. 